On this week's episode of the podcast, I tell a story to Drew about modern football and the disgusting amount of cash it can make us. Greasy, dirty, filthy, cash, disgusting, dollar sign, dollar sign, gross, high dollar sign. Buckle up, this is Dead Ball Brothers. Welcome to Dead Ball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy dose of stupidity here and there and everywhere you could possibly imagine. Yeah, yeah, I think that that about sums it up. I really tried to bring some energy into that, and you met it with a your your like a very very flat. You were really excited about it when you're when you're bringing that in. I was really excited, and then you you shot me down like hey. I was a game of duck hunt. I think I'm just sad because. Holland isn't going to Manchester United. But he is going to Borussia Dortmund. He's going to Dortmund. So, yeah. It's been a good year for me and people uh, dealing with Holland, uh, considering Dortmund just signed Erling Holland, and Serginho Dest is from Holland. I was going to say, it it should be noted that we're not talking about the country Holland, but then I was or the Netherlands. What's up? But Irving, Irving, that's his first Erling. name. Erling, yeah, Erling Holland. Yep, is a is a player, a young starlet who's not just a starlet anymore. I guess he's just a a good striker who is now signed to my favorite team, Borussia Dortmund. And when I say my, I mean me, myself, Adam Whitaker Snavely, everyone's least favorite athletic writer, joined as always by the co-host of this podcast and my real life brother, Drew Snavely, and I've already aired my grievances. You have. They they are they are way out there. Because Manchester United picked up a couple of good results over this this break. They did. It must be said. Surprising. A little bit because matches against Newcastle and Burnley it seems like would go they would go really wrong this season. But we actually came out with wins. So yeah, Burnley has not been great the no. last month or two. No, they haven't. Definitely uh, not as good as they typically are in terms of their defensive stability. Um, Sean, Sean, what you doing, buddy? WYD. But mostly when I say WYD, I mean West Ham because oh, they signed David Moyes again. Yeah. Because... <laughs> So it was Moyes, and then Pellegrini came in right after Moyes, and now it's Moyes again. Is that yeah. how? Yeah. That is exactly how it's working. It's terrible. He gave an interview today, and he basically said, all I do is win. Moyes said that? Yep. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Drew, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that statement? Um, I, feel, I just feel sorry for West Ham fans, honestly, because uh, – being under the helm of of David Moyes when he was at Manchester United for ten months, uh, I know for a fact that he does not win all the time. In fact, he loses a, most a lot, of the time. A lot of the a majority time. of the time. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the time. He Absolutely. Loses, so that is yeah. what occurs. Yeah, happens. Well, I mean, speaking of all of this, all of these manager swaps that are happening, and we are on the precipice. Of the transfer window, I was going to say opening up in Europe. I, we mentioned Pellegrini. We, I guess we didn't say he got sacked. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, maybe I'm just thinking about football. 
football coaches that are getting fired since the season's over. Well, Pellegrini is sacked and Moyes is in. Pochettino, uh, oh, a couple months ago, yeah, sacked. Yeah, yeah. Mourinho is in. Uh, you also had Marco Silva at Everton, sacked. And Carlo Ancelotti is in. Yes. And um, Arsenal. Oh, Mikhail yeah. Unai, Arteta. Unai Emery is out. Freddie Umberg also out. Freddie Umberg. <laughs> and you've got... Uh, what's Arteta. Mikel Arteta. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, lot, lots of changes. Lots of changes. Really, really just gave their fans a sucker punch of the gonads by losing that way to Chelsea this this last week. Oh, and uh, Nigel Pearson is, mm, yep. is back uh, at Nigel. <laughs> They're on their third manager, like their third full-time manager. This they didn't. Season. They didn't have a. They didn't have an interim manager. They had Javi Gracia, and then they had Kike, who was basically Javi Gracia, but a little bit older, I think, and more attractive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. But he and now Nige. Now Nige. Nige. All right. Maybe we should get into this story. I feel like you. Uh, we were in a, the midst of a segue. We were in the midst of a segue, and then we started riffing again. But yeah, you know, we that's really okay. did. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, you have all these crazy transfer fees that are that are getting blown out of proportion, and you have everybody saying stuff stuff like, against modern football. Mm. And usually what they mean by that is the, the VAR and the crazy transfer fees and the Mino Raiola. And <laughs> what are we doing? What, what are we, what we doing? doing? It's like the English version of Taylor Twellman. <laughs> oh, I think uh, I think I, I think it was Phil Neville who was commentating this weekend for the the Liverpool game. Was it Phil or was it Gary? It was Phil. Oh, yeah. weird. Yeah, um, but he's there. I mean, it was like the fourth time the VAR was was checking something that game, and he's like, "What are we doing? What are we doing?" He's really upset. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with some numbers. All right, just let's to hit, just to it. see if you can guess what I'm talking about here. All right, 260 million units sold, nearly 800 million dollars a year in revenue, 36 titles over the course of the past 26 years. Drew, what I am talking to you about today is without a doubt one of the biggest success stories in the history of world soccer. Do you have is any it, guess? Is it one team? Do you have any idea? Is it a team? I give you no hints. Ah. Oh. Oh no. I gave you the numbers. Okay, I guess the Premier League? It's not the Premier League. Barcelona. It's not a team. <laughs> it's not a team. And it's not a league. Is it FIFA? We're talking about FIFA, baby. <laughs> Today we're talking about the story of FIFA and oh. not the actual federation. We're talking about video games. Oh, let's go! Video game FIFA. FIFA is the best spe- best spelling. FIFA is the best spelling sports video game. Man, this story is off to a great start. Already. Won the spelling bee when it was in third grade. <laughs> the winning word was dictionary. Spelled uh, the hell out of that word. Yeah, you put a pretty big emph- emphasis on uh, dictionary. Uh, when I was in the third grade, I won the spelling bee, and the winning word was dictionary. There we go. So that was good. I was using personal sense memory. Yeah, whatever. FIFA is the best-selling sports video game to ever be created. In addition to being one of the best-selling video games in the world in general, FIFA 20 released this holiday season with its standard single and multiplayer simulation modes, career modes, the incredibly popular Ultimate Team Game mode, and the introduction of Volta, 
which is something of a reboot of the old FIFA Street titles. Oh, yeah. very cool. Now, we know FIFA. Yeah. We practically became soccer fans because of FIFA and FIFA Street. I love FIFA. And FIFA Street. And FIFA Street. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Oh, unlocking Ronaldinho on FIFA Street. I mean, was you like, had all the legends. You had Thierry Henry in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember, honestly. <laughs> I remember, I remember there, like, Pavel Nedved was in there. That one soccer player from Portugal was in there. Messi was in there. Uh, I think you could also unlock Raquelme in there. Ooh, Very cool. Juan Roman Raquelme. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways, it felt like FIFA was one of the only possible ways we could become soccer fans. And and think about this with me as I as I kind of go through this journey. We didn't get soccer broadcast to one of our cable channels unless it was the World Cup or the Champions League final or maybe even the odd USA match on ESPN when we were kids. Huh. We didn't have bars around us that were playing games even if we were old enough to go there. Our dad is a massive baseball fan. God bless his soul. Yeah. He's not dead, but God bless his soul anyway. Yeah, still very much alive. Mm-hmm. Still kicking. <laughs> Just saw him days ago. So, so much of our fandom was born online. Yeah. Where we could find soccer videos and actually meet and talk to other soccer fans that we were not related to. Yeah. Um, and then besides getting like a new issue of Eurosport every month... Playing FIFA with other people was often our only means of education and indoctrination into the soccer world. But how on earth did such a massively popular game about the world's game occur in all places in the United States of America in 1993? That was the first edition of Mm -hmm. of FIFA? The first edition of FIFA came out in 1993. And it was made by Electronic Arts. Let's back it up a little bit. EA Sports. It's in the game. (laughs) Which, first of all, the first motto of EA Sports as a branch was, if it's in the game, it's in the game. And then they shortened it to EA Sports, it's in the game. That was definitely a good decision. Because originally their whole thing was, like, oh, we're the most realistic sports simulators out there. But I'm getting ahead of myself. FIFA is made by Electronic Arts and its sporting games branch, EA Sports. Today, EA is a video game behemoth and kind of an evil overlord of the microtransaction wars that litter different video games. Uh, You, at one point, had Star Wars Battlefront, also published by EA. Kind of a mess. Yeah, well, uh, EA, um, their first edition of Battlefront was great, and I I didn't spend any money in that. But the second one, it was all microtransactions. Mm Mm-hmm. But I've spent a lot of money on FIFA. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like back in the day, oh, man. Mm -hmm. FIFA 13, so good. I probably spent (laughs) at least 300 bucks. Good Building my ultimate team. I would just go to the store and buy, like, uh, PS4 cards Mm -hmm. and load that money into the – onto my account and then just spend. Spend it all on packs. Good lord. Give me all those packs. And that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's part of the success. Yeah. Um, but so that's what EA is now. But a few decades ago, it was a tiny little video game studio that was created in 1982 by a guy named Trip Hop Trip Hawkins, not Hopkins Hawkins. Hawkins originally called the company Amazing Software. 
Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> with no G. It's an apostrophe. Amazing nice. software. Before realizing that was the lamest sounding name for a game company possible. And subsequently changed the name to Electronic Arts, which would be co- shortened colloquially to EA. It sounds uh, very prestigious. It does. Yeah. It, it definitely, it makes it sound, Electronic I mean, it makes it sound like arts. an art form. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. We make serious things. Yeah. EA was making games for any platforms that would take them, such as Atari and Amiga, and in the 90s, expanded to gaming consoles like the Nintendo Entertainment System, the Sega Genesis, so all the big things at the time, and even into computer gaming like PC games. So they were making games for anywhere they could, which is kind of the entire ecosystem of games at the time. There really was only one big like all in one behemoth yeah which was nintendo yeah nintendo was making their games exclusive for nintendo systems and also making the systems and that's continued to today but there wasn't like these massive market shares that like playstation and xbox have into the market where people are making exclusive games for them and then there's people making for all the systems that sort of thing um now EA made some moderately popular games in the 80s, but founder Trip Hawkins' obsession with creating a realistic American football simulator resulted in one of the company's most important creations, the Madden football series of games. Mm. Shouts out Madden 2006. Shouts out Madden. <laughs> Madden. For me, it was Madden 03. Oh, no. Madden 08. Yeah. Mad- Vince Young on the, on the cover. Madden 03 was a, a big one for me. Also, a great soundtrack, it must be said. It had Andrew W.K. on it. Oh. The uh, Let's Start a Party. Uh, uh, party Hard. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> good times, good times, good times. They they always have good good soundtracks. They do. It must be said. Both, I, both the Madden and the FIFA games. Yeah. Great soundtracks. Yeah. I used to repl- try to replicate FIFA soundtracks. I would just steal the songs off of FIFA and make them into my play- my personal playlist. Uh, yeah, on sketchy internet websites and Yeah, classic. like MySpace. Just classic and, things. Yeah. Now, the Madden football series originally run on the Apple II computer and then later on Sega Genesis. The game wasn't licensed to use real players' names or official NFL teams, but it featured full-size teams of 11 players per side and real NFL plays, including plays that John Madden gave to EA directly from the old Oakland Raiders teams that he had coached. That's pretty he cool. Won, he won, yeah. won Super Bowls and stuff. So, yeah. like, he actually gave them plays. I guess that makes sense then. Yeah. The game was a, a huge financial success for EA at the beginning of the 90s, and it made them turn their attention to the world of sports simulators a little bit more to see what other market they might be able to corner. The initial proposal for a soccer game came from EA executive Mark Lewis who had spent time in Europe and also EA was sending him to England to start the UK branch of EA at this point in time. So okay. he was kind of more European focused to begin with. Yeah. Um, and he believed wholeheartedly that a visually impressive soccer game would move units across the pond. Hmm. The Americans running EA, on the other hand, were not as enthusiastic. And it's not really hard to see why. The USA had just played in their first World Cup since 1950. Wow. In the 1990 World Cup. Yeah. 
Yeah. Also, in the 1990 World Cup, they finished in last place. Nice. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Nice. Solid. Yeah, that's good. Um, there had not been a successful major soccer league in the United States since the NASL folded in 1984. This is still... I mean, development time, this is still like five or six years before MLS would start. Yeah. Wow. That is pretty crazy. And the success and popularity of World Cup 1994 in the United States was not yet to be seen. Because yeah. we're not there yet. Nobody cares about soccer. As At this time. As Trip Hawkins told Simon Parkin of The Guardian... There was a great skepticism in the U.S. about the future of soccer. Nobody cared. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's, it's almost as, as if I read your notes. Hit the nail on the head. <laughs> Which he didn't, by the way. He I, said it like he did read my notes, <laughs> yeah. but he has no idea what I'm about to say. I really have no idea. Thank you for not reading my notes. <laughs> you didn't show them to me, so. Nope. Still, Lewis managed to sway his fellow executives with a gaudy sales prediction in Europe. 300,000 games sold. Ooh. Ooh. Um, it's funny kind of how small that number sounds now. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously they've made it, and it's an obscene amount of copies sold now. Yeah. Um, At the time, that was a pretty big number, though. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, not many people probably had game systems, computers. I mean, that stuff was all expensive back yeah, then. Now totally. it's, like, cheap. Like you could go get a a Nintendo sixty four for like fifty bucks probably. I mean I don't know I maybe never not. looked at it maybe more because Pro- it's so because it's they're not they're not really old being made and anymore. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they had only expected to sell seventy five thousand copies of John Madden football for the Sega Genesis, and they actually sold four hundred thousand units of the game. And That was viewed as a massive success, like Dang. the yeah. biggest success they had ever had up to that point. So John and actually John Madden football was so big it helped the Sega Genesis become an actual competitor to Nintendo. Oh wow. Yeah. So like before John Madden football the Sega Genesis was around but it wasn't a competitor that much with the NES. Yeah. It really bit into the NES's market share when that occurred. So that was a big deal. So 300,000 just in Europe and then with anything that you could sell in North America as like kind of putting on top, putting on top, whipped cream on the top, Put, putting cherry on top, on top. <laughs> putting on top. That's what they say in England. Yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> it would be a very, very good sell of the game. So EA greenlit the project and a soccer game was on the way. Sort of. Great. Sort of. Sort of. Okay. Kind of. Lewis insisted that the game be developed in England, which made sense. Yeah. It's where people actually know the game. That's, I can yeah. think of no no bigger mistake than like telling a bunch of American like video game developers who have first of all probably don't play a ton of sports, second of all never never played soccer yeah. in any serious way oh, to yeah, make a, a yeah. video game simulator of soccer. Yeah, might that's as well a, go home. That's right? like a terrible idea. Yeah. There was no arm of EA in England as of yet. So, EA went to two small developers who had recently started up their own studio. Jules Burt and John Law, founders of Digital Magic Software in Liverpool. Digital Magic. Digital Magic, baby. That sounds a little sexual. Mm, well, maybe, maybe it not. is. Maybe it is to some people, Drew. 
And you know what? We don't judge. We don't. There's no kink shaming on this podcast. No, there's there's definitely not. Super not. <laughs> if you're on, if you're listening to this soccer history podcast, we want you to know that we have weirder niches than you. Yeah, we are literally running a soccer history podcast. Yes, absolutely. Bert and Law were tasked with taking the existing technology and previous soccer games created in the past decade and create a bold new vision and simulation for soccer, something that had never been seen or done before. Thank you for listening along with us. For that last, I don't know, 15, 20 minute section of the story. We have made it to the middle of the podcast. The untitled middle section where Congratulations. we tell you to take a load off. Maybe sip something good that you like particularly much. Yeah, that do that, please. <laughs> for, for us. <laughs> do it just for us. We, um, we don't have a ton to talk about in this middle section right now. But we do, we do have a, a couple updates. WTFPL is still ongoing. WTFPL is raging onward. Drew, how'd you do this week? Well, um, I did about average, slightly below average. We've actually had a couple game weeks within this last week yep. just because of the fe- festive fixture schedule. Mm-hmm. And we actually have a couple more games that are, well, one more match week that's happening in a couple days, New Year's Day. Um, so... You would think that there'd be a lot of movement up the table, down the table, but I've stayed exactly at sixth this whole time. You have. And Joey's Barcel Blue Jays is still at first. Still and he's holding firm. He's holding firm and he has a lead now. He's thirty points in the clear at least. He is. And so He's still doing pretty good. Where where are you at? I Drew, I have uh, all green arrows in I, in my leagues. It's currently. still kind of hard for me to see you from from where I'm at. That's fair. I can't see you down there. You you make a decent point. However, I would like to let you know that I have been gaining on you for the last three weeks. Oh, the the gap used to be below uh, above a hundred points between us. Yeah, and uh, now the gap is. 84. Oh, slowly chipping away. I'm chipping away. I am up to 23rd place. I got my eyes set on the top 20. I have been steadily improving, doing pretty well. Uh, Kevin DeBrowna, Trent Alexander-Arnold both brought home some bacon for me this week. Yeah. And now I am going to heavily rotate my squad again and hope to God that they actually play because that is all you can really do at this during this time of the season is – Hope that the people that you pick play. <laughs> I know why you have gained ground on me because two weeks ago, you either had an absolute terrible score or a pretty good score if you had Trent Alexander Arnold in your lineup. Mm. I do not have Trent Alexander Arnold in my lineup, but you do, and I he do. scored twenty four points. He did, and so it was like he did do that for me. You're gonna have thirty forty points yep. if you don't have Trent Alexander-Arnold, and if you do, you have 50, 60 points. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I am always quick to the start. I start really well, but I can't seem to to put it all together. Stamina issues. I really, I really do have stamina issues. That sounds like my high school career. When it comes to (laughs) to FPL, yeah. Yeah, it does. My high school soccer <laughs> career. St- plagued by stamina issues. 
Adam, we have been teasing. There has been teases. We've been teasing our listeners. And we are going to tease them for exactly one more week. The last month. We've just been dangling this nice, juicy piece of beef over over their ear holes. Like a Nathan's hot. Like a Nathan's hot. Like a real, real 100% beef frankfurter. Tom Walls. Like a Hebrew national, completely kosher. Garbage plate. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. And oh. we're going to do it for one more week. One In more week. one week's time, we have gotten the okay for this. If so we, we have been told that we are supposed to do this in one week. So if, if we don't... You are allowed to just... To just destroy us completely. We're pulling the cord on the podcast. Bunch we our face in. Completely done. Just... Crush, crush. I'm, I'm us. tossing in the mic. Yeah, yeah. To- where are you tossing the mic into? The Atlantic Ocean. Please don't. Yeah, I. Well, it's probably time for a new mics, anyways. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get the mic right there. We'll, we'll talk. We, we will be making a very important announcement next week regarding our podcast and the future of additional content from our podcast and what. It's going to look like in the very near future. It's not going to look substantially different. There's going to be a couple of changes, most of them being you get more content from us because we are the content generators for you, the consumers. Um, There's going to be a couple of very, very little things that change in the podcast. Most of them have to do with this section right here. And that is going to happen in one week. So be on the lookout for a little announcement that we are going to be making. And in the meantime, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Yes, thank you Super, so much. as always, thank you for listening to us. You guys are the reason that we do this, and we are very, very excited for being able to bring you more of this and, and kind of injecting new ideas, um, trying new methods of storytelling and podcasting. Um, this this format isn't going to change. You're still going to get this story time with us once a week. It's going to be here. It's going to be there. It's going to be in your podcast catchers. But we're it's excited. It's going to be in your ears. It's going to be inside your ears and brains. But we're going to be adding more things that we're doing, and we're very, very excited about that. So be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, feel free to drop us a rating, a review. Uh, tell your mom's uh, friend, Susan, about us. If Susan. you Shout Susan. Shout to Susan, man. Everybody's got a mom's friend whose name is Susan, and uh, tell her about our podcast. She'll probably hate it, but if she listens to it, hey, that's one more download in the bank, baby. Yeah. Adam, I want to hear about FIFA's dirty, dirty money. <laughs> well, the money isn't that dirty, but, but well, we're going to... said it was dirty. Well, we're going to talk about it. We'll, we'll talk about it anyway. We are back. So back. And better than ever. So back. I don't know what was the deal with the first half of the podcast, but I feel like my energy levels were a little low. You were yawning. I was yawning, but yeah. I don't know. I it think hurt. I just have it hurt inside. A, a newfound energy now. Great. And I'm just ready to to get this show on the road and, and you saw really your wife. go out with a bang. That's probably what it was. Yeah, I was like, I saw Meredith. The spirits and, were lifted. Yeah. Honestly. Every day. It was as if a dark cloud disappeared from your eyes. I really needed it. And you found the will to live again. Yes, absolutely. Shouts out to wives. Shouts out to wives.
Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) So, where we left off, Jules Burt, John Law, Liverpool, they were tasked with developing a prototype of a soccer simulator for EA. Now, there had already been several soccer video games up to that point in time, although the limits of the existing technology were pretty plain to see. There were games like Championship Manager, Sensible Soccer, or Sensi, which was a British game. I think it's very funny that Sensei. they named it Soccer. Oh. Sensible Soccer. Actually, it was called Sensible World of Soccer. Oh. Yeah. But they said Soccer. So, once again... Eat it, you English yeah, purist. Yeah, yeah. It's called Soccer. <laughs> Here and other places, too. Um, also, there's a game called Kickoff. Cool. <clears throat> they all existed previous to FIFA's introduction into the gaming market. And here's how pretty much all of them looked. The camera angle positioned the field vertically with the player viewing the action from either a completely top-down angle or a bird's eye, quotation mark, oh. angle, which is almost exactly the same as top-down. It's just like slightly angled. I was going to say, those things sound like the same thing. exactly the same thing yeah yeah they because they almost are okay um controls were relatively simple once a player had the ball he automatically dribbled it and you could pass and shoot directing the ball roughly where you wanted it to go players were little pixelated blobs yeah mate it's not surprising and most of what you saw was the tops of their heads and the blocks of color that was their shirt beneath it EA wanted a game that looked different and behaved differently from the existing games in the market. So Burton Law developed three different prototypes of the game. Okay. Each prototype with a different camera angle. Oh. And it turned out that the camera angle was one of the most important decisions they could make. I was going to say, it's a really big deal. Camera angle is, is huge. Yeah. In viewing soccer and also playing FIFA. Mm-hmm. The camera angle that made it to the final version of the game was called the isometric angle. The player didn't see the game directly above the field, but rather saw the field diagonally, slightly elevated, and from the side. It was almost like viewing a game from a seat behind one of the corners of the field. Oh, weird. Except that seat would scroll down the field with the ball. Okay. So it's like if... Yeah, to make a visual representation to Drew for our audio-only podcast. <laughs> if this is the field and you're sitting here, but then the ball's like traveling here, and it's like you're constantly slightly behind it. Yeah, that that's the view yeah, that you yeah, got. Yeah. I think you got game. it. So it's it's interesting because it's clearly this forerunner to how FIFA and all pretty much all soccer, simula- soccer simulators work today. Yeah, where you went from this completely top-down vertical view uh-huh. and then you got this diagonal view that was on the sideline and then it just kind of centered it to the sideline and then kept you even with the ball yeah for most simulators now yeah um so this was radically different you could see all the players bodies which you couldn't before uh-huh. like you didn't really see like their legs their arms um, the uniforms, you could see how they moved on the field. You were far closer to the action than in a top-down view. It felt different and new, and that was exciting. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. With the prototype up and running, EA transferred development of the game to a studio they had just acquired in Canada called Distinctive Software. The studio would become EA Vancouver. 
The Vancouver studio was thoroughly impressed with Burton Law's prototype. The camera angle was revolutionary. The dribbling mechanic, in which the ball wasn't just magically attached to the player's foot, but rather the player had to like work to control the ball. That was it. Felt more like real soccer than anything that had come before. Oh, basically, man. back then they're probably like, "This is this is revolutionary. This is groundbreaking." Oh yeah, it, like, and this it, and is like, the greatest. <laughs> this graf- is the greatest thing. Graphic wise, it looked like maybe a t- maybe a half step above like Game Boy Color. Yeah, like basically that's what we're working with. But yeah. at the time, oh yeah, that's revolutionary. Uh huh. We're only five five to. Six years removed from like Pong coming out. Yeah, that's true. And that being the biggest game in the world, literally two rectangles and a ball that are just it's, it's crazy. Around. The um, the the arc that technology yeah. is on, and how it was like it seemed like there was like very small incremental mm-hmm. increases to the to the quality of of the games and what you're seeing. Yeah. To now, like the last ten years, is like I mean, you look through at, the roof. You look at five years ago, 2014, about to be 2015 was five years ago. Yeah, and the games that came out then, Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how nuts those graphics were for that time, and now we're already so much past that. I thought Skyrim's graphics were awesome, and 2011. In 2011, and uh, Luke and Livy were playing it. Overbreak, and, and you were like, like, "Wow, these are garbage. <laughs> these are the worst graphics I've ever these seen. Look awful." <laughs> yeah. But at the time, yeah, at the time, they were wonderful. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. So um, the Vancouver studio was very, very impressed. The camera angles, revolutionary dribbling mechanic, the whole thing. They just loved it, and they thought that it had a ton of potential. Um, so they began putting massive hours into the game. Also, the ship date for the game was bumped up. After an executive had walked past a room in the studio where several developers were yelling and laughing, playing each other in FIFA before anyone knew what FIFA even was. Oh, wow. So you had basically all these people in Canada that are just, like, yelling at each other and, like, having a blast yeah. playing FIFA, but nobody else had ever played FIFA. Yeah, it's pretty Like, funny. it's wild to think about. It. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. There was at one point, there was these three people that were all playing FIFA together and having a blast, and nobody else in the world knew what it was. That is crazy to be uh, patient zero or patient one. That isn't to say that development wasn't without its bumps in the road. Yeah. The Vancouver studio underwent what is commonly known in the video game development world as crunch. In which the stretch of time leading up to a game's release is crammed with unhealthy work hours. There were workers that were pulling 16 hour days, seven days a week. Ugh. Working on this thing. And that's kind of like this accepted industry thing that probably needs to change. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say um, you just saw it with the the Sonic the studio that worked on is working oh, on the, the Sonic, Sonic movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They came out with the original Sonic, which was terrifying. Yeah, it was. And then they redid it, and it looks a lot better. But the whole studio closed down, and they cited the yeah. grueling work burnout yeah it all the things was there as the reason it's an issue it's a big issue still yeah. in the video game industry it's kind of been this accepted practice for decades now that people are only just starting to th- say like hey we should change this yeah um after the release date had been pushed up there were still so many things to figure out about programming the game and how to make it work and look the way they wanted it to do 
how artificially intelligent defenders position themselves so the whole thing didn't look like five-year-olds swarming to the ball at like every chance they could get. Um, how would AI attackers run off the ball? How would teams tactically set themselves up? And what would differentiate teams from each other? How would different players act? This is all like questions that they had to figure out how to program. Yeah. Which didn't have easy answers or an established practice in 1989, 1990, 1991, 1992. Yeah. Like that's, that's hard. That's, so that's, you had crunch because of that basically. Um, there was also the matter of the name of the game. <laughs> this is kind of funny, actually. According to Jules Burt in an interview that he did uh, with like an Atari website kind of thing, the game was originally supposed to be called EASN Soccer. That was that was a thing that they were doing. Electronic Arts Sports Network or something. Soccer Nation. But they had to drop the name after ESPN sued. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I even it was think too close. That, yeah. Like the copyright is too close. I didn't even think about that. FIFA was the sport's governing body, but US executives were unconvinced the name would hold any sway with North American buyers. It wouldn't be like, oh, we're gonna put NFL football on it. Like it wasn't kind of the same cachet at the yeah. time. Yeah. So they then tried to name the game Team USA Soccer. Oh yeah. Which we can all agree is probably the most terrible thing to name yeah. a soccer game. Yeah, that is honestly awful. Would you would you only be playing as Team USA? Yeah, yeah that's kind of what it feels like. Okay. You just go through a career mode with Team USA soccer. The last place team at the last World Cup at the time? Yeah. Maybe not the team you want to play as. Unless it's the U.S. women. No, it was the, it was the men because they didn't care about women. And for a lot of the time, they still don't today. They're caring more. Yeah. But so, but they still don't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but they, yeah. But they still don't. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's call a spade a spade here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was only men in the game. So Lewis, the one who had originally pitched the game and had kind of gone to England to set up the new EA studio, uh-huh. actually said um, to Parkin um, in that same Guardian article, as I quoted before, that... He had spent a lot of time and a lot of the development process was just kind of spent keeping the U.S. executives at bay. Oh. Trying to prevent them from making decisions on the game. Yeah. Because their ideas were bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they just didn't know soccer. They, they had no idea. What would appeal to people. And they, and they, I mean, like, if you look at it that way, they were kind of like, Nobody cares about this game. This is a crappy sport. Yeah. Like, what we're trying to... Oh, we'll make it We'll make it patriotic. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll work. <laughs> Eventually, EA got the rights to FIFA's name and called their first ever soccer game FIFA International Soccer. Nice. That's better than... It's better than Team USA Team Soccer. Team USA Soccer. Certainly, yes. Yes. And it was international. Specifically, it was international because you could only play as countries. Also, none of the players were real players. EA learned that while signing a license with FIFA let them use its name on their cover, it didn't give them the licensing rights to any club teams or player image rights. So fake player names were created, including several developers who used their own names as players. Yeah. And the game shipped with the option to play as one of 48 different countries, each country with its own individual statistics, such as shooting, running, tackling, passing, other soccer-y things. 
I think goalies was one. It was just there's one stat that was just goalies. goalies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but so they they're coming from this world where the NFL kind of has a universal licensing right for all of its teams and players and baseball is the same thing and they realized that soccer wasn't remotely set up for that. Yeah. Cuz it's all international and it's like and they know. when when they were making subsequent games in the next couple of years they had to then figure out how to negotiate with like every single league and it became super expensive to produce FIFA but they kept doing it cuz the game would sell and because they like they said like well what if somebody else gets exclusive rights to Manchester United yeah how are you going to make a game and the only team you don't have is Manchester United yeah that that court, so they had to they had to go and like individually get all these rights to all the leagues that they could and then FIFA came back and said oh we want more money for our rights and so they had to renegotiate and there's a whole a whole big process but the original game no teams no real players you could play as one of 48 different countries and there was an exhibition mode where you could play um, just a, a one-off game. There was a tournament mode, um, and you could play up to four players. Oh, oh, cool! Mm-hmm. Right off the bat. Yep, that's cool. Up to four players right off yeah. the bat, and you could do and you could do the same kind of. You could play against each other. You could play on the same team. That sort of deal. FIFA International Soccer released on December fifteenth, nineteen ninety three which is pretty late in the holiday season to be releasing a video game. Yeah. Because if people are shopping for Christmas presents, which is kind of what the entire Western capitalist system kind of ramps up to, we release all of our big expensive games and stuff Yeah, in the October to November region so that people buy it for Christmas. Yeah, Black Friday right after, right after Thanksgiving. Right. I don't know how much Black Friday was a thing in the early 90s, but... Yeah, that's true. Still, I mean, in the early 90s, there was still a ramp up of sales. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Despite that, the game was a smash success. In fact, in the first month of sales, the game moved 500,000 units in four weeks, nearly doubling the total projected sales for Europe Lewis had originally pitched to EA. So this was just was this just in Europe? Yeah, that was uh, just Europe. Okay, okay. They sold five hundred thousand copies in one month in Europe. Wow. Of okay. FIFA yeah, yeah. International Soccer. And despite the fact that it was released on December fifteenth, it was the highest selling video game of nineteen ninety three. Yes, FIFA was the best selling game of the year despite only being on sale for sixteen, 16 days in that in that days. year. Sixteen days, which is wild. Yeah, that's really impressive. It was it was a it was a massive massive success. I mean, the masses were begging for something else. They I mean, were. You can only play so much pong. They were thirsty. They were. So they thirsty. were thirsty for it. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Critics praised the realistic crowd sounds, the visual detail, of the field, and the players, and the isometric camera angle from which the player viewed the field. Despite the naming snafus and the lack of real players or club teams in the game, FIFA was a massive success, eclipsing even Madden. It was, for all intents and purposes, the best video game representation of the sport available. The game spawned a sequel in 1994, and subsequently every single year after that as well, with subgenres of the game to boot. And while other games can be described as more realistic or a more pure simulation of soccer... It can't be denied that EA's FIFA is the most popular and probably 
most important soccer video game of all time. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. I was kind of interested to see when uh, it was released in the U.S. Uh, Same time. Oh, like oh, so but you didn't have like a number of how many copies were they sold. Didn't, they in didn't the US? have a U.S. number. Gotcha. Um, just that I the only the only figures I could find for it were that they sold half a million units in a month in Europe, and that it was the best selling game of 1993. Well, I'm gonna assume. I mean. FIFA is definitely the most popular game now, like you already said, for, yeah. for soccer. Um, and it has been for a while now in the mm-hmm. U.S. Um, and everywhere and, else. Yeah, it's just not surprising because in the U.S. is a country full of immigrants. And most immigrants like soccer because it's the most popular sport in the world. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, cricket second. Football's not even like top five, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you when you talk about like, yeah, uh, but it's anyways. kind of it's kind of hard to tabulate that. But yeah. yes, but anyways, um, but anyways, I just I thought it was interesting, and I was kind of like intrigued because, like I said, it did play such a formative role, yeah, in being a soccer fan as a little kid, because, I mean, soccer fans elsewhere, they've got history, they've got their families that are all cheering for the game. I mean. It was easy, really, really easy to be a football or a baseball fan. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Football was on the, in the house every Sunday. Dad would turn the football game on, watch five minutes of it, fall asleep on the couch. That's what we did after we got home from church. We <laughs> ate Chinese food. <laughs> Dad fell, Shout fell asleep out on the N-N's. couch. Shout the NNs. Ling Lings. Bin Bins. Ling Lings. Oh, man. The three Chinese places. The Holy Trinity in of Chinese Bath, New food. York. Oh, man. So good. Um, but yeah, I mean, so much of how we became soccer fans was due to this video game. Yeah, I, I spent countless hours, probably a couple days of my life, just playing it's how, soccer. It's how we even learned like who the famous people were because we didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't know who so many of the famous players were of all time. I mean, you definitely, you definitely knew who the big name guys were. You knew but, who like Pele and Maradona were. But like to I, get the the middle ground, just like. Normal good players that nobody really talks about because everybody's just talking about s- superstars. Yeah. So. Even even your like, Darren Fletcher's. Your. <laughs> I knew. This is a little more recent. I knew about Lionel Messi. What? I knew about Lionel Messi. At the because I saw him play in the 2006 World Cup, but. I found out that he was a superstar, because, or he was going to be a superstar at least because of FIFA, because you could play as him and he was fast as balls. Yeah, and uh, FIFA has this algorithm that makes player if you play in like a career mode mm-hmm. uh, or manager mode, where you get the like players you get the, will increase overall. They will improve as time goes on. And so it's nice actually going back to like 2013. FIFA, for example, yeah. knowing which players are going to be good, and then be like, "All right, I'm going to trans- I'm going to bring in these guys because they're going to be ballers in <laughs> yeah. in a couple seasons." So I don't know. It's cool. I love yeah. FIFA. I I think it's. Um, I don't play a lot of FIFA anymore. Yeah, I don't play any FIFA anymore. Really, um, I think I, I in my mind I'm just like spent too much money on it growing up That's as fair. a kid. I think it's just like. A, a dangerous thing to get back into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 fair. That makes sense. But it also has like uh, 
gotten really advanced and a lot more complicated as far as shooting, passing, dribbling. Um, Yeah, it feels like they try to make it. I mean, they still, they keep a certain arcade feel about it. Like, because nobody wants to play an actual 90-minute video game. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But But they, it does feel like they try to make it so that you are given the opportunity to do as many things you can actually do on a soccer field as you can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. They definitely try to make it as realistic as they, as they can while also making the games, like, 10 or 12 minutes long. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's the story of the first I, FIFA game yeah, ever. I, I don't really ever think about the first FIFA game ever. It's, how it was it's, produced by an American company. It's just kind of always existed. Yep. To me, just because I'm so young. It's older than MLS. Wow, that is that is kind of funny mm-hmm. and sad. <laughs> sad. <laughs> uh, oh, if man. you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you can listen, rate, review it on Apple Podcasts. Please give it five stars. That would be lovely, and we would appreciate you very much for it. R- write a nice little review for us so that we can give you a shout-out on the podcast. Um, I, I know you said leave a review, but yeah. you just talked about stars. But write a review you all, as you well. Are, you also have an option to write a review. For Make us. it a little and personal. We love hearing from you guys, and so it's it's cool to to read the words that you guys have to definitely, say to us. even when they're really mean. Yes, which has only happened a couple times in jest. Yeah, it's which we like appreciate making fun. of It's us. never serious. Yeah, serious. Yeah, yeah, it's only kind of serious. We're laughing with you. And a little bit at you, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh huh. Like ninety percent with you, ten percent at yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can also follow us everywhere at Deadball Pod. Uh, that's Twitter, where we are most active. Also, we will update Instagram. We're on Facebook, and we have an email account. If you feel like sending us ideas, comments, questions, whatever, that is deadballpod at gmail.com. We have a Teespring store with merch. That's teespring.com slash stores slash dead hyphen balls hyphen brothers hyphen shop. Actually, it might be bros. You said, yeah, and you also said uh, balls, but it's just ball, dead ball brothers. So yep, the link will be in the, the description. In the description. Yeah, so you don't you even have to you don't even it. know all about yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> As always, my name is Adam Whitaker Snavely, and I'm Drew, and we love you very very much. See you next week with an announcement. Mwah. <laughs>